Welcome to the Industry.Fashion's In Conversation podcast, where we invite you to tune in to the stories of some of fashion's most inspirational leaders. From the history of their careers to the current priorities for their businesses and advice for their fellow fashion friends, these conversations cover it all. The In Conversation series is staged in proud partnership with Klarna. I'm Loretta Roberts, Editor-in-Chief of the Industry.Fashion, and today on the In Conversation podcast, I speak to Donna Ida Thornton, a.k.a. the Queen of Jeans and founder of the Donna Ida denim brand. Donna first entered the denim market with multi-brand boutique in the mid-2000s and rode the wave of the premium denim boom, but she always had an ambition to launch her own label. A few years later, she did just that, focusing on high-waisted jeans to flatter women's bodies of all shapes and sizes. Now the business solely focuses on the Donna Ida brand. Donna tells us how lockdown forced her to refocus her attention on her online business, having previously carried out sales events around the country and beyond. As well as ramping up her Instagram activity, Donna also launched a personal concierge service, fitting customers for jeans in their own home, in COVID-secure conditions, of course. And despite lockdown and our nation's new apparent obsession with elasticated waists and leggings, women are still buying jeans, says Donna, who always gets up, shows up and dresses up, even on a Sunday. Donna Ida Thornton, welcome to the Industry.Fashion podcast. How are you? I'm very well, Loretta. How are you? So nice to finally see you. I know. It's been a very long time. I've known you a very long time, but I haven't seen you for a very long time. And it's lovely to see you. Mm. Now, listen, it has been a very, very weird year for us all, to say the least. How has COVID 2020, <laughs> let's say there isn't another COVID, been for Donna Ida? Well, do you know, for us, and I hate to say it, it has been good. Um, it has, what it did was it forced me to um, stop a bit, stop a bit and to rethink the business and to get smarter about business. Um, what we were doing was a lot of events, a lot of, lot of events. And we were literally, like, I'm talking going Edinburgh down to Cornwall the next day, back up to Liverpool. It was just a bit too much. And I even knew that it was insanity and I knew that it wasn't sustainable. But you know, I'd be sitting in the back row of a plane coming back from Hong Kong, you know, doing four different connections, thinking this isn't right. I don't want to be doing this when I'm 50. Um, so actually it forced it forced me to stop and act and to concentrate on the the online business, which I wasn't paying enough attention to. I was like, okay, we're a denim business that happens to trade online. I wasn't really trading the business the way I should have been. So that made me trade online uh and and actually and start to get very, very good at it. So uh so we always did well online, now we're doing very, very well online. Well, I'm pleased that something has good has come of it and you shouldn't feel bad about that I think (laughs) but I do think the world had to stop I think as a as a whole I do think that we were doing a lot of people were doing some insane things and we do and we do things just because we've always done them I think that's right Um, same goes for our business but I won't go into that detail right now (laughs) but I wanted to go back to the beginning so I think I met you pretty early on when you um, very early on yes entered the world of denim tell me um you started out selling jeans in a multi-brand environment. Yeah. Tell me and the listeners of this podcast what what it was that made you get into the world of denim. 
I was working in a marketing company and that was because I, I came to England on a two-year work permit and then I got a four-year work permit. I came as a work, on a working holiday and um, and I was actually looking, once I had my indefinite leave to remain, I had my passport because I really wanted to live here and I knew this is where I wanted to, to sort of set up camp. Um, I was thinking what it was I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to start my own business and I was looking at sort of concierge um company like all sorts of concierge services personal shopping all sorts of things and a friend of mine said to me you know you wear jeans all the time and you know so so much about them why don't you open a shop that just sells jeans I was like oh my god that's it um and so literally the next and I have so many ideas in my head and I would always let let everything ruminate just for like 24 hours 48 hours and it just stuck and it was as absolutely it was just I knew there was never a moment of doubt so I started that but when I wrote the business plan it was always to create our the my own brand and when um so once we got the doors open it took about a year to get the doors open um from having the idea to opening in Chelsea and even though it was in the business plan to create our own brand of denim because I didn't want to be multi-brand forever it was almost a it was a a launch pad to then create the brand yeah but honestly it was so busy and there was so many amazing but I mean my head was spinning from the from the day and also there were so many great brands out there there were it was a real it was 2006 there was a real boom in in premium denim and I thought there was no point just giving the world another premium denim brand it had to be different and it took a number of years to work out really what it was and it was quite obvious from the beginning that was high-waisted jeans but it then it, it did need to sort of um solidify my mind and there was customers they just kept asking for high-waisted and I was like you know what that's it would we'll yeah. create a brand a high-waisted denim brand yeah so I remember um I don't know when it was I think when I came to see, saw you in about 2008 yeah you were the person that introduced me to J brand I yes. I bought lots of J brand from you actually. Yeah, yeah, great brand. It was great. It was great at the time. Yeah. Uh, I remember also having a prototype of your high waist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. remember really I, a few of us had them on. We try them on and wear them. Tell me what you think because you you were this um, evangelist for the high waist. So tell us what it was that you. Cause I now only wear high waist, of course, but yeah. Well, I mean, just looking at women's bodies all day and and fitting them it just looks better if you've you you stand up better your posture is better um you feel better you present yourself better it just and also it gives you longer legs like there's so many reasons why you don't have them up on top I mean look at our shapes where we go in you go in at the waist and then you know people going in at the waist and then they were going out and then shoving another low waisted thing and then you got the dunk dunk and it was just you know, I look at all those like low waisted styles, and actually, it was um, uh, J Brand. It was actually Robert who was the head of sales for J Brand because I remember I kept kept trying them to do high, trying to get them and Jane's jeans and everyone to make more high waisted jeans, and they wouldn't. So that's when it was like, great, we'll fine, we'll do it ourselves. And they then came back to me and said, "You were right. You were right." And about the high-waisted jeans because when we first bought them out, they were still considered to be quite mumsy. And we and I was like, I want that solution of the high-waisted jeans, but it has to be cool. Yes. The, the only thing that was on the market that was as high, that was high-waisted enough was um, not your daughter's jeans, which were the most horrendous jeans. Um, 
they they were solution. They were, you know, if you wanted that, and we actually stocked them because we um needed to because we needed that solution. And yeah. women come in and say, you know, they come to us as denim specialists, and they'd be like, and we give them all the options, and then they go, no, no, and we're like, oh god. And so you go out into the stock room, go, I think I've got something, and you go out to the stock room, like literally the contraband, not your daughter's room, and we bring them back out, and then they bring and they go, oh my god, this is amazing. Oh my god, and it was just the high waist they wanted. It was just like, yeah, they're great. They're terrible on your ass, but you've got the height. <laughs> and, you were, I mean, I'm, you've fitted me at various times in my life, like a, a before children, after children. Um, I have become a bit of an evangelist for them. And I'm thinking about your brand. You started out with jeans, but it has evolved, hasn't it? You know. Yes. And um, and so because we had the boutiques, we then had to, um, and I, if I, I wanted to sell not just the jeans, but the tops and the whole look to to the Donorida girl. Um, but we had to produce almost like too much of it because you had to fill these boutiques. And I was getting sort of sick of going to buying appointments for all these other, you know, the other brands that we still stocked. And, um, and it was, and I was like, I just, let's just make it all ourselves. So I don't have to do that. So we did this like massive swing, really, sort of instead of like delivering. So you had all these customers who'd come to us for like, you know, Wild Fox and Joie and everything. And then, and then you take most of it away and they just shove loads of Don Ryder in front of them. So he had, so it was this scramble where you're trying to get them to buy your brand instead of everything else. And we did have a, a lot of success and it was the best selling brand in the, in the, um, in the business straight away. But you then do have to find so, all your new customers because of course you're going to lose all the other ones who don't want your brand. Yeah. So we then, um, then we had to said, okay, right, do we need these stores? Do we want to do it like this? If we don't have the stores and we just get, we take the business online because we, with paying rents and rates and everything, we weren't going to be able to invest. Because we were in Chelsea and Belgravia, we were paying 300000 just in rent and rates. Then you've got the staff and you've got everything else. Yeah. Um, so it's like, okay, what do you do? So you you can either like stand still and pay the landlord or you can then go online and then develop the brand. And so we took business online, then didn't need all the tops and the cashmere and everything else that we had. Um, and so, but then because the denim in the business, the denim was always what's so, um, on for the online business. In the boutiques, it was a good mix of ready-to-wear and denim. Yeah. But purely online, it was all jeans that sold. Right. So, um, but now we're actually so we're starting to bring things back in so we've got we're bringing in a couple of our um jumper the jumpers that we used to sell we've bought coats back and they've all sold really well 100 cents all through straight away so it's kind of like it's been a sort of go back on, take it online focus solely online give them what they want which is the jeans and now lay them more on so in that way so it has been a sort of like remove add back in, add back in again, you know? Yeah, absolutely, and add back in the right things. And, well. and exactly. And and being online, you can do that because if you have a terrible month, it's not the end of the world. No, because you don't have this. You don't have those overheads. Whereas, you know, whereas with, you, with bricks and mortar, you are just having to feed that machine constantly. So you actually end up doing things you don't want to do. 
and it's and it's horrendous. You just you know you're turning tricks with these ugly guys. You know, feed him, and like, what am I doing? You know, and and you also couldn't have. We also can't develop the business. I want to talk about product development first and how you decide what to put into your collection and what not to put into your collection. You design it. Where do you source it? All of that. So, how do you develop this collection? So, it's the the general the shapes of the shapes of the denim of the denim collection. A lot of the core shapes have been there for a long time. So, um, and then and then I'll add new shapes in. So, like the Rizzo, for example, the high waisted ankle skinny, has been there for, for since the, we launched the denim brand in two thousand and twelve, um, and the Genie as well. So, we've got those core shapes. And then the, the top and then the sort of the waist and the height and everything, that doesn't really change. It's more yeah. than the leg profile that will change. Even the jumpsuit like our Sadie, that that has been still a bestseller and that's we did that in 2014. That launched and then we did and then Dolly in 2015. And for the Dolly, which I wear all the time, I had a designer at the time um, who I worked with. Now I do it all and I have a garment text who creates the tech pack for me. I then just draw on a post-it note like the two arms, two legs and a zip down the middle and two like four zips and, she, and I'm like that's what I want to look like and this flight suit and she was like, okay, and like, that, like that's the worst looking thing ever. Honestly, it was amazing. It's amazing. It's so good. So you don't have to be. You know, I, I I can't draw. There's a lot of things that I there's a lot of things that I can't do. But um, I, I I know what I want, and I know what I want to wear myself. So I have so to answer your question, I have like these you know core shapes, and then quite honestly, I, I just think what is it I want to wear, and what do I think what do I think is cool? And it's like, and it is sort of instinctive. I stick to a lot of classic things. So there's if there's any um. Uh, sort of detailing it will be military or sailor um, I stick to um, you know denim black white blue I bring in car keys a bit of red it's quite classic what we do in a lot of ways and quite nostalgic so anything so things that remind me of like you know I think of like the 70s or my childhood or something my mum wore or whatever so there's for me I don't know if that comes across but more nostalgia I suppose you know like the waist in the the sort of side pullers and that kind of thing. Things that I remember for this, that I really always liked seeing when I was younger. Wow. And you know your customer. And I know my customer. And if ever someone then says to me, oh, this would be nice in this, this would be nice in this, I like this, honestly, it never sells. It has to be me and I have to like it. That's interesting. Because I would imagine you've got quite a, a vocal customer base. You've got quite a lot of high profile friends in your orbit um probably telling you make me this in this yeah and you you resist that well no well actually and I'm not going to tell you what it is now because it's in the collection but I did do and I did do one thing that so many people were asking me for I would never wear it in a million years and I didn't want it and everyone was like I love it I love it love it so I'm like great and I backed it hasn't sold (gasps) that's interesting isn't it I don't do it now as much as I would have done in the past, whereas yeah. I listen to other people. I don't listen to anybody. I only listen to myself because I'm the one who has to pay the bills, I'm the one who has to sell it, and I'm the one who's stuck with that stock. I think that's a very laudable approach because so many people, I've spoken to lots of different people in different um, sectors of fashion on this podcast, and they all say the same thing. You've got to listen to yourself. Like a um, that people are too quick to give you advice and too quick to oh, say people you. love to give you advice love it 
you have fork over 20 grand to the factory and you sell it. Yeah. Then no, as soon as you say that, then they go, oh, yeah, no, yeah, don't listen to me. I'm like, no, I won't. Because any time I've ever listened to anybody is when I end up in seriously hot water and you just, it's just not, you have to, it, running a business, you just cannot run a business by committee. No, you, you just can't, and 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 especially and when we had the shops and stuff, there was everyone had an opinion. Shop girls mm-hmm. had an opinion. The head office, time, everyone's got an opinion. But now because everything is online, I mean, I just I will say to the girls, how many do you think heavier on these sizes, heavier on that? But I, but I'm very much now. I do what I want to do. It's on my shoulders. I'm the one who has to. I'm the one who has to take the responsibility, financial responsibility, as much as anything else. And um, I've got no one to blame but myself if something doesn't, you know. And if I like it, I know it will sell. Now it's time to hear a bit more about our wonderful partners, Klarna. Klarna lets customers pay up to thirty days later or in three instalments at thousands of online stores such as ASOS, River Island, Michael Kors, Made.com, and many more. Find out more at Klarna.com. Your approach to selling is very personal. So let's yeah. talk about how, because you, you obviously you sell online, you do yeah. an awful lot of social media in order to communicate the brand, communicate your personality, your lifestyle and point of view on things. But you also do a concierge service. I think you're still allowed to do that now under the rule of six. I don't know, but tell us about that. We used to actually work with an official concierge company, but um, what we found was actually they weren't they they don't get the product of the product as much as we do, and they can't give the customer the product knowledge that we can. So, yeah. Annalise is as simple as just being practical. Annalise lives in London. I live in Berkshire, so she comes back and forth to the warehouse all the time. So she just does it. She'll contact the customers and say, I'll bring it to you. And they love it because then she can, so she's got herself like booked up with appointments all week. She loves being out and about, you know, going to see people. Yeah. You know, she's a really energetic, young, strong girl. Um, and like nothing phases her. So she's like, you know, loads up the car, gets around there, like drives all over London, goes in and out of people's houses. I have have said to her, like, make sure, you know, we know who these people are. And she's like, because like most of our customers we've known for a long, long, long time. Well, you can just tell if it's a Don Ida customer, you know, on the other end of the phone. Um, but people really love it. And that it is just that. You know, I'm very sort of friendly and approachable and personal. And so anyone who works with me is in that same way like that. And and I think, you know, it, it's just I don't like that way of selling um, a product that is very sort of like snooty and high end and da da da. I remember when I first, um, before I'd even started on I don't know, I worked in marketing and I was worked at Bowwater House. Do you remember across the road from um, Harvey Nichols at the top of Sloan, Sloan Street? And um, there's my co worker who we would go at lunchtime and she'd say, um, she said to me, Oh God, I, I could never walk in that shop. It was a Gucci. Or it was like Prada. I could never walk in that shop. I'm like, why? She's like, oh. So, and I'm like, they need to sell this stuff. Like, <laughs> like if that if we don't, we're doing them a favor if we buy something. Like, they're not just like protecting the goods. Like, they need to get rid of this stuff. And she just had people, you know, she didn't have that sort of in her mind. And for me, it's very much about. I have a product. I have like very nice girls that work with me and I'm a nice girl as well. If you want me to help you, I will help you. And, yeah. you know, and it's just that it's just my practical mind. Yeah. 
that's yeah. like you know and and that's why I say to like to girls all the time it's like all Donna Ida is is two things a lovely customer base and lovely jeans and we've got to put those two things together and that is it yeah simple that's, that's uh, it, I mean that's quite funny I remember being in your shop with you once and um you were helping me but because I was your mate you came in and you said oh, I'll about go and help this customer and you went off and she was chatting to you and then I think I said to you oh Donna Blah, I can't and she went you're Donna like she <laughs> couldn't believe oh, that's so sweet it was so funny because you're so hands-on with it and you would yeah. kind of get people in the fitting room and yeah I love helping people. I love helping people. I mean, I remember like so many times. I remember once even like ending up on my on the shop floor, standing there wearing a strapless bra and a pair of jeans because the customer that I was helping wanted to try on my T-shirt. And we did that. And she's like, oh, but I need to just try that kind of that shape. And we didn't have it in the store. So it's like, can I try yours on? Oh, okay, fine. And then I kind of edged into her fitting room, took it off to give it to her. And then she kind of kicked me out. <laughs> so I'm like, I was like standing there just in my bra. I'm like, oh god, I've got to go get something on. It was that, so funny. Maybe you say that of that one. Um, oh my god, some of the things that happened. Some of the things that happened in that shop over the years. My god. <laughs> Let's talk about lockdown because um, there would be all these people on Instagram and whatever talk, talking about. Oh, I haven't worn jeans for months. Can't that was insane. Who would do that? What's the matter with them? <laughs> I mean, I, I, now I have to say that what I did was we went up to um, that whole week. We were in Alderley Edge. We were going to be Hale that evening. We were doing Liverpool. We we're going to Newcastle, and we ended up coming. We did go on the Tuesday. We went up and thought we it's too late to cancel. Let's go up, and then we're like we just came back in the evening, um, and then we were just really then sort because of the warehouse that we were in within days shut down. Yeah. So we had to get our stock out. We had to set up another warehouse. And so I did spend about 10 days or two weeks in either just jeans and sweatshirts or tracky bombs. And actually, I don't ever feel that good wearing sort of leggings and a T-shirt. I just feel sloppy. I feel fat and unattractive. And I, and I also feel like, you know, that if you dress well, you behave well. And I always feel that if you for me anyway, that the link is very clear in how well I behave is how, uh, how well I look, uh, corresponds to how well, I, how well I behave. And, um, and I just thought I'm thinking, oh my God, this is crazy. You know, we just can't get into this slovenly sort of way of living. And I would still get up in the morning, make breakfast, tidy the house, do everything that I do now, make breakfast, do the laundry, do everything. And I was at my desk dressed with hair and makeup on at 9am every day yeah so it's and I and I it's really important so important yeah. I go leave I sit down have lunch then I go back and then so for me I did have to I did have to have that in there and I thought and I remember also going on my um you know my diet plan patch and all that I followed for years and years and I did like 16 days I did a detox and people would constantly be saying to me gosh I really need to do that I wish I could do that but I'll do it after lockdown I'm like now's the time what do you mean after lockdown are you insane this is the time yeah I just didn't understand why people weren't seizing that time that we had yeah yeah I I mean I I mean I blame you for this but I can't imagine not wearing jeans so like people just walking around in leggings all the time I couldn't do it it shocked me a bit (laughs) yeah and you know and 
I just don't really and actually I've like got rid of so many clothes over lockdown and really I'm a bit of a I like to clear out anyway I'm not a hoarder at all but I'm I'm almost getting rid of like I've hardly got any leg anything I'm just because I just don't wear it I wear jeans or drats or something I wear nice clothes every day I don't keep anything for best I wear everything I wear nice things all the time it's interesting. You wear actual clothes. I wear actual clothes every day, even on Sundays. Yeah. Oh, wow. You are committed. You give some of them away on your Instagram. Yeah. I, I we've started doing this thing called the Good Gift, and um, and we do this like giveaway every Sunday. And quite quickly, being me, it escalated from something that had to be like just a small gift to like Gucci handbags straight away. Oh. And um, and I'm like, oh my god, maybe we could do like thousand pounds cash or like you know, but like let's do a car. <laughs> and it's kind of what I got. So then I was in um, I got invited to um Gucci Vista Village this week, and mm-hmm. because what they did, because they've got. They're swimming in stock, let's face it, everyone is. And um, those with the kind of brands that had stores. And so yeah. what they did was they've taken a collection from the stores and they put it into the upstairs at Gucci Bista Village and as a reward for their best customers Ooh. at Bista Village so you could go and sort of shop it anyway. So they sent me this invitation. I'm like, great, I'll come on the first day. Thanks very much. And um, and I got this amazing – so then I was going, oh, this is amazing for the good gift. So I bought like – scarf I bought this amazing cuff I bought this great cape um and then I bought myself a sweatshirt and a belt and then and now it's all sitting upstairs in my dressing room I haven't taken out the bags yet but I'm like oh I don't know if I want to give that away <laughs> like those things <laughs> I know you're, you're virtuous but I would be tempted to keep it I think oh, so tempting but I'm just yeah I, I just need to you know I've left it in the bag I, I need a moment I need a moment to think but yeah <laughs> But we have been doing lots of really good fun giveaways. And actually anything like that, it's just fun, isn't it? It just is a reward for people. It sort of, um, you know, keeps them going back every Sunday. And it's just fun. Well, listen, it's been wonderful talking to you. But I just want to ask, like, finally, what next, Donna? What next on the journey? Do you know, um, really just developing the business model in the way that um, – I constantly have ideas about it, but we've launched a brand ambassador program and it's almost like this sharing community. And so it is, so we have the stock, we create, we create the, the brand and it's, and it's going back to the old Tupperware model. So when I, when we stopped doing all the events and running around, I actually, and I stopped here and I stayed here during the lockdown, I thought, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be, I want to be with Bobby Dazza. I want to be at home. I want to sleep at night. Um, so we've then uh, created this model where we would then give the brand ambassador the similar stock. They would invite their friends for the event. Their friends get a discount. They earn commission on sales. And so, and it's just like the you know the old Tupperware model, and it does and it does work. So that that we're developing, we've got a lot of events booked in with that with them, and creating the um, expanding the brand again. Just expanding the on into different categories, not going crazy in every category, bringing surprises in, like you know, not just having oh, we always have this coat every season. Oh, well, we always have this pair of boots. No, just bringing. It's like whatever we sort of feel, you know, that's yeah. the that season, and um, yeah, and just getting people to like to come back to the website, giving them reasons to come back to the website all the time. We've actually got as well. I don't know if you've seen. 
the last Sunday of every month, we have um, the sample sale online and we also have a piece of me. So I'm really focusing on getting people coming back to the website all the time. So that's quite fun as well. So where we, so we don't have to run sample sales anymore. Every single month we clear our sam- samples. It all sells within an hour or two and you're done. Genius. Um, Donna, you're, you're a queen of jeans. Oh, darling, oh, Loretta, so nice to chat to you. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and I wish you lots and lots of luck. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Lots of love to you guys. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to the In Conversation podcast. If ever you want to be there in person, visit our website at theindustry.fashion and sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know about future events. You will also be kept up to date with breaking news, in-depth features and our data-led consumer studies. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to our partners, Klarna. And keep an eye on the website, subscribe, sign up, do whatever it is you do to be sure not to miss the next episode.